0: every time
1: a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's program the future of marvel television looks a whole lot brighter does paul white's arrival mean aew dynamite's a big show And GameStop's price surge goes up again! With the help of... McDonald's? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
2: Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can... Please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, including our awesome, updated, and truly, truly active Twitch channel, Please go ahead and do so by typing in Pop Culture Cosmos when you're on Twitch and following our tremendous amount of RPG games going on every day, plus the archives of our shows, archives of some of our best interviews. They're all going on that channel right now at Twitch. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. It's our man at Castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. You got to check out what he's doing today for everything that he does for the pop culture cosmos, it is my good friend. It is Marcus de la Garza and Marcus, you know, Monday I was kind of worried about the show for this week because of yep. the fact that, you know, it was looking really slow. Monday was an absolutely dead day almost in pop culture. Then it blew up by Wednesday and Thursday and oh my gosh, pop culture has taken over.
3: It has, man. I do want to say shout out to Rob. Thank you for being a part of the stream tonight. And uh, thank you for everything you do for us, man. Very much appreciated. I do want to say, pop culture, Cosmos family. I said I was going to do something and I did it. I built a workbench and I've got all my drone stuff. We're going to be building some things here in the next week or two. I have half my parts ordered. I'm thinking about doing a live stream while I build. Maybe we can put that on Twitch. Didn't talk to you about that before this moment. Folks, you're listening to this happen in real time.
0: You know you're cool with me on that. If people watch it, hey, not a problem. Not a problem with me on that right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, either on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We're showing streams all over the place. Just check us out, social media, Pop Culture Cosmos. But we've got a tremendous show for you today. But I do want to go ahead and apologize. There is so much pop culture news out there, so much going on that we cannot cover it in its entirety on today's program. There's just so much. So I've split it up between Marcus and then if he wants to come back in the weekend, he may or may not. It's up to him. But Josh on the weekend and I are going to cover a ton more, including WandaVision Episode 8 in detail. So stay tuned for that on Monday show. But there's a ton of stuff that we want to talk about, including Henry Cavill, Mass Effect. Also, as well, the future of Paramount Plus as it goes live next week. So we're looking forward to go ahead and talking about it on Monday show. But we've got a great show to talk about for today because, again, there's so much news. We want to hit the hard topics. We're going to be able to have to cover them as best we can. We're going to go ahead and talk about the stuff that Kevin Feige talked about at the latest TCA's. Also want to go ahead and talk about the big show heading to All Elite Wrestling. Is that something that's going to change the needle in any direction? Most people say no. Some people say yes. So we'll talk about that coming up as well. Sony State of Play. Any big announcements? There was one that caught our eye, so we'll talk about that. The trailer came out for Disney Pixar's upcoming animated feature, Luca. We'll talk about that. Netflix had one for Zack Snyder's other project, Army of the Dead. So we'll talk about that as well. Spider-Man dropped its title, finally, after trolling us for a couple days on it. They did finally drop the title, No Way Home. So we'll quickly talk about that. GameStop's stock prices surged again. But this time, was it over ice cream? Really? We'll talk about that on the program. Plus, also as well, Valheim success. I briefly want to give that a mention because we were going to devote a lot more time to it. But I briefly want to go ahead and talk about that on the back end of the show. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. But I do want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows out there for today's show on the back half of the hour that we've got our annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees debate where we talk about all the nominees and who we decide who's going to get in who's going to be overlooked, and who's also just got flat-out snubbed. And I've got two great guests that are joining me, as always. Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast and also, as well, Mike Faber from the ESO Network. They're joining us later on the program for part one of our conversation on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, who's in, who's out, and who's got snubbed. We're going to discuss who we think should be in on our first chapter of that interview coming up on the back half of the show as well. But before we go into Kevin Feige's comments real quick, my friend, I want to ask you this. McDonald's and Taco Bell, they're in the chicken sandwich wars now. They both introduced new chicken sandwiches that they're promoting like crazy. And these are two of the big guns, my friend, as far as in fast food here. Not only exactly fast food wars continue, but not only here in the States, but all over the world, McDonald's and Taco Bell are two big players. I want to hear your thoughts if they can make their headway through what has been dominant over the past year or so by Popeye's and Wendy's.
3: I remember literally a year ago, you were out there, stand, like standing in line, waiting for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I, it was You were waiting, what, two hours, three hours
0: almost? Uh, it was over an hour and a half in line, actually, to get it made. Yes, that was the, right at the beginning of the craze for Popeye's chicken. I was in the middle of it, and boy, is it good.
3: Man, you have no problems just committing to these things. You know, you you went hard at the McRib. You went hard at the chicken sandwich at Popeye's. Like the time commitment for both of those, I'm sure was great. And, uh, you know, at this point, I just want to say, I think it's a little bit too much there for Popeye's. Or Popeye's has too much of a head start right now for everybody else to get in the game this late, dude. It it really feels like unless you're going to come with a, a, a great product, and I'm not saying that McDonald's and their three chicken sandwiches have given us, aren't great products i'm just saying that you know that popeyes has a head start man uh that spicy chicken sandwich or even the regular one outstanding we have the dividing line in our household jamie gets the spicy i get the regular i like to add my own hot sauce to it but yeah i I think at this point popeyes has the leg up and i think they're going to continue killing it along with chick-fil-a
0: well chick-fil-a and i know that's blasphemy to some people so chick-fil-a it's okay
3: it's, it's me and me gerald we're, yeah, we're fighting those are, the fight words. those are fighting words it depends
0: on the sauce <laughs> Yeah, you know, chick-fil-a if you just have it straight it's just eh to me it's just okay. eh. but you gotta okay. you gotta put a lot of good stuff on it so the, I'll, I'll give you that i'm gonna give you that but i got 90 minutes for chicken wtf and the race is never over in fast food no none of this is over when it concerns fast food so you're going to keep on seeing these type of variations within the fast food wars and battles going on so Look out for that and go ahead and let us know about your thoughts on who has the best chicken sandwich. Is it going to be someone like Wendy's, someone like Popeye's, or do you like the new contenders that's out there in Taco Bell and McDonald's? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, let's get down to business, my friend, because there's a lot to talk about on today's program, including Kevin Feige at the recent TCAs, the Television Critics Association, their annual conference where they talk about what's coming up. A lot of things get revealed. In fact, Paramount Plus revealed a ton of stuff that we're going to talk about on Monday. But before we do, I want to ask you this, my friend. Kevin Feige was there talking the future of Marvel and Marvel Television There was one thing that really stood out to me, and that was the possibility of a lot of things that have been shelved, discontinued, canceled in the Netflix and also previous ABC world like Agent Carter. Mm -hmm. He said there's a very slight possibility, but it is a possibility they could be brought back to life based on consumer demand.
3: Yeah, I just want to go ahead and and quote him directly here. He said, I think we probably could. I'm not sure. There's always rumors online about things reverting. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. I'm not exactly sure the contracts, Feige said, referencing the story, but perhaps someday. So, I mean, he left the door open for us. I don't know if there's any immediate resumption here of some of these previous intellectual properties. Outside of Charlie
0: (laughs) Cox and Daredevil, who is most likely going to be making an appearance in Spider-Man 3 as uh, Charlie Cox, the lawyer, I'm I do okay know with that, aren't and, you, though? Yeah, it, it, I'm, I have no problems with that. He is the most popular of the defenders that was on Netflix. That was actually the most popular show that was out there. Mm-hmm. I do also want to mention that the rights to Jessica Jones and The Punisher, which were the last two of the defenders to have its rights held by Netflix, that has reverted back to Marvel. So they're free and clear on those. The only one I think that still has the rights as far as any entanglement are the anything relating to Sony. A.K.A. Spider Man, yep. or also as well the Universal Hulk thingy, where he can't star in his own movie under Marvel's banner.
3: That one always blows my mind. I would love to take a deep dive into that together someday and really talk the nitty gritty on the that contract. But you know, just looking at the availability here, I think this is a great possibility here. You know, Marvel has some outstanding IP. When you look at what happened with Netflix, yes, we've had our gripes about it, and I think you and I have talked. A load of mess about it at times you know when it comes to some of these tv shows maybe not i saw that look you just gave me um, well i'm but- actually
0: rob mccallum saying that punisher is more popular than daredevil i don't want to get into a debate right now i'm just going to go by what netflix number said and because daredevil was the first show i think had punisher been the first show right. it would have yeah. been the most popular but daredevil was the most popular and that's the one, Rob, I'm going to tell you right now that consumers are wanting the most and have the most fervor over right now is Daredevil of any of the defenders. I'm not arguing with you on the comic book version. I'm just telling you about the Netflix one. But go ahead. Go ahead, Marcus. No, no,
3: I'm with you there. You know, I think at the end of the day, Kevin Feige gave us what we kind of wanted to hear, right? Like, we wanted to hear that some of these IPs are going to be coming, these characters, some of these actors are going to be resuming. And The nice thing about all this is we're going to be coming back under the umbrella of Disney, where the writing has been
0: a little bit better, I would say.
3: And we just know that the budgets are there to make these shows what they need to be.
0: Absolutely. As we're seeing from WandaVision, and if you get a chance to check out Variety, and especially their VIP section... They're showcasing how much there is of a demand for WandaVision, and that it's now actually, if you read or believe what Nielsen can track, because Nielsen doesn't get direct numbers from the actual streaming outlets, they do best guess scenarios and things of that nature. They're projecting right now that WandaVision is the most popular outlet right now for the year passing disney soul that's on disney plus which was a huge success for them right around the christmas holiday and even into january passing cobra kai and passing bridgerton i mean to pass that with that kind of level of success is just crazy so i'm very happy for wandavision that it's achieving that level of success right now as the most watched show on streaming And you could tell that just those comments that he made just brings a whole lot of new perspective into life. Now, mind you, I know Kevin Feige already has everything mapped out as far as the way he wants to. But if there's enough demand for a Punisher, Rob McCallum, or if there's enough demand for a Daredevil or whatever, as far as the show is concerned, even bringing back Agent Carter for a season three or something like that, he'll do it but he now has the options to go ahead and do so. And that makes it much more entertaining and the possibilities could be endless for fans.
3: Let us know what you're thinking out there. I'm really looking forward to bringing some of these characters back. Gerald, I'm just of the mindset now that WandaVision can do no wrong. I know we have talked about this for a while and we could go on this for another 30 minutes, but WandaVision really is turning things up here for me and I'm really enjoying where we're at. Feige made some comments about even Pietro being cast and, and some of the things that were going on with that. He also
0: said, well, hold on. He also said that there's a possibility of extending some of these shows. Some of these shows will not just be a season one. And so you know, obviously the speculation turned to Wandavision. I don't think he was originally scoping out Wandavision as a two or more season type of show. I think it was only going to be a one-season knockoff, but its success might just change all that out.
3: For me, the original vision should reign true. You know, if you only saw this as a one season kind of thing. Just keep it one season. Don't try and milk it for everything it's worth. There's something about the writing and, and just the artistry there that just keep it with whatever your original vision is. Because I feel like when you start adapting things, that's when things go haywire. But I feel like we should maybe leave that one there. And, and man, Gerald, I, I hate leaving topics like Marvel because I feel like we could talk all night.
0: About Marvel, yeah, indeed. But, yeah. again, there's Loki. That's been rumored to have a, possibly a season two in the future. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that could easily, I'm sure, continue that if it's perceived well enough. That could easily have a season two. The what-if shows, that could also be another possibility as well. So we're looking forward to it. I know Rob McCallum says he's not entirely enthused about WandaVision. He said it's solid, but it's not all that. It does lead into Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor Strange 2. It does lead into Spider-Man 3. It's going to have some elements there. But again, this could be a way for if people want it, they might just go ahead and now have that possibility. I mean, he's leaving the door open. He's smart enough to say, you know what? The door is not closed, that being Kevin Feige. And that's what I appreciate. The fact that he's not closing any of these doors and saying outright no to anything at this point in time.
3: Hey, I w- just want to say that I-, I agree with Rob here. WandaVision is the lead into Doctor Strange. Always has been. That's fine. Let it exist as a memorable two-hero team up. Hey, man, I'm with you. Let's just end WandaVision at season one and let's start a new show and just give both those characters their own show.
0: I'm not saying otherwise. I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I'm just saying it from the standpoint that Disney Plus might have other ideas. They like that viewership. They like that money. They like those subscriberships. They like the fact that they're now at or near or over 100 million subscribers at a much faster rate than any streaming service. So... WandaVision has been part of that early success in 2021. So, you know, what if that's what Disney Plus wants, Disney might ultimately just make the final decision on that. I'm not disagreeing, Rob. I didn't say I was disagreeing. Disney might have other ideas. (laughs) What are your thoughts out there on Kevin Feige's recent comments at the TCA's in regards to the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the possibilities that are now expounded upon that he could go ahead and bring in? From the defenders agent carter and so much more anything is now a possibility are you excited even more so about the success of wandavision leading into to a whole realm of possibilities for the future of marvel we want to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
2: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop
0: culture cosmos podcast check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse.
3: People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big
4: screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention.
2: Is it going to be enough though? I
0: think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they
2: fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade
0: and never came out. Of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars. Okay. I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glass. we right back at you here with Marcus de la Garza. I want to go ahead and ask you this, my friend, as we hit on a new topic, and that's all elite wrestling real quick just need to talk talk about it because the big show show is their latest acquisition he decided to i guess turn down an offer from the wwe or decided not to continue with the wwe because his last appearance was last month so i'm sure he obviously had the opportunity to continue with them i don't hear of any bad blood but i want to ask you this real quick is he a game changer is he someone that is going to get outside of maybe a big pop and ratings for a week or two? Is he someone that even if he gets back into the ring, as he's talked about, is he going to be a game changer for all elite wrestling?
3: You know, I don't know if he's going to be a game changer, but this is just indicative of their leadership right now. I mean, they, they just keep stacking talent. And I know Big Show is not going to bring over a huge amount of people, but uh, just the fact that they keep getting great wrestlers should be enough to tell people that aew is here to stay number one number two they're challenging for that title of number one wrestling show on the air week after week you look at what big show has been doing you know he made his final appearance january 4th of 2021 right but Apparently they weren't able to come to any agreement when it comes to financial terms on his latest contract. And so that's part of why he walked, but we'll see what really comes out and over the next week or two. You know how these things go. You know, he'll well, announce- it's,
0: it's what the WWE perceives him as. I mean, he the man's in his I 40s, get that. I, I and, get that you know what you're they're asking, what can he do? What can he do at this point in time, right? I mean, how healthy is he? He yes, he's coming back into the ring, but is he going to be able to make a difference?
3: Well, all right, so this speaks to AEW's game plan, right? Like, So you and I have talked about over the, the last, what, two or three months now about how AEW is looking at their Legends, right, their Legends series, and bringing in these older names and trying to be a guiding light. Maybe even a uh, if you want to correlate it to something in football, bringing in a veteran presence in the locker room. You want to bring in somebody that knows uh, what's going on, been there before, can help be that guiding leadership for the entire stock. So when it comes to keeping their stable in check and keeping their talent on their toes i think this is a great move bringing in the big show this is somebody that's worked hard his entire life i'm excited to see what comes of this this is going to be a really good move for them
0: well uh, you know there, there's still going to be a lot to talk about here when there's upcoming great number of, of agreements that the wwe made and obviously their move to peacock they're going to show wrestlemania exclusively on peacock fast lane heard about it's going to be on peacock and the wwe network but you know how the wwe network is shifting over to the peacock network they've talked about also their deal that they just made for a lot of great biographies yep. on the way with a and e i mean the possibilities are there for wwe to go ahead and build upon uh, you know their their recent rating slump but you know with with a big show really, big show really wasn't part of their whole outfit at this point in time he, he hasn't wrestled in several months he was, in, in the latter years of this previous decade, he wasn't really much of a factor for them. So no. I think this is a chance to get, for him to get a fresh start and see if he can still make a difference.
3: thousand percent agree with you there, Gerald. This is Big Show's coming out party, part two. <laughs> you know, this is him coming out and, and really saying, hey, I'm here, I'm a wrestler, and I'm a force to be reckoned with. So let's see what happens.
0: Let's see what happens indeed. But do you think the Big Show, i.e. Paul White, will be a big factor for aew going forward do you think it will make them even more competitive with the wwe we want to hear your thoughts Popculturecosmos cosmos at yahoo.com my friend there's still so much more to talk about on today's program the latest spider-man name that's been given all these home names have been thrown out there and tossed out there and they were actually trolling a lot of people I like the one that they trolled everyone on was Spider-Man Home Depot. I like that one the best. But (laughs) the one that ultimately did come to pass, and they did finally admit that it's going to be this way. This is the title that's going to remain. It is Spider-Man No Way Home. It's not the title that got me, but was right under it. And when they showed you the title and the graphic, they said specifically, we'll be in theaters only this Christmas. And I understand it's Sony, which really doesn't have an outfit to really just snap this on. I mean, they make deals with Netflix. I don't think Crackle is ever going to be something more than just this little side pet project that they have, you know, that they've had forever now. And I don't think that they're just going to go ahead and, and slap it on Disney Plus, you know, as well right there for you. So it is coming out to theaters exclusively this Christmas, but. I wanna hear your thoughts on Spider-Man's new title in Spider-Man 3, No Way Home.
3: Yeah, man, I I think this is a great step in the right direction here. I feel like Spider-Man is heading in the right direction when it comes to the combination of Sony and Marvel. We've been trending upwards, and this is a kicker towards our next story with GameStop stuff, but we've been trending in the right direction. We've been trending upwards when it comes to Spider-Man. We've been doing things the right way. We've finally found a cast of characters or a cast of actors that we really enjoy that have done well, and we've just continued to grow it. Talking back to a few of the episodes we've done over the last few months, Jamie Foxx coming in as Electro. We're bending some storylines here, as well as Alfred Molina with Octavius. So, I mean, this is an outstanding lineup. You know, we've been talking about this on and off over the last few months. To me, this is what I wanted to see. I don't know about you, Gerald.
0: This is something that I'm very interested in seeing when it comes to what's going on with No Way Home. Obviously, as we left Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man himself, Peter Parker, has been outed by a faked video by Mysterio, and he's now going to be on the run, and it's going to be a big situation for him where you see the fact that he is going to be in hiding. He is going to be doing things that is not normally what we see Spider-Man do. Plus the fact that the multiverse is a real possibility and all these different characters that we are going to see, like you were mentioning, could become a part of it, even if it's just for cameos or whatnot. So all these things and elements are throwing together. He's also been on social media saying that he just finished filming the biggest action scene ever for superheroes. Which covers a lot. I uh, was just going to say that there, if that's the case. But, you know, it's just something that we're very excited for. I think it's going to expound on the Spider Verse even more. Will this be the last time Tom Holland is going to be in a standalone Spider Man? We'll wait and see. I don't think so. I think they'll bring him back for at least one more, plus all the Marvel stuff that he's going to do in the MCU, plus anything on the side in the Spider Verse, like maybe he'll do a cameo in Venom two or something like that. You know, there's, we can only hope, of, right? Yeah, we can only hope. I mean, there's, there's going to be all those possibilities there, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Spider-Man no way home and how that relates to the whole story. I know he actually, at some point in time still is with Mary Jane and Ned there because the pictures that they've shown from the set, show them all together. And there's been leaked footage out there of him visiting MJ. So it's not like he's going to be hiding from his girlfriend or anything like that. So. No, 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 yeah.
3: No, we, no. we still get some Zendaya action. That's yeah. that's all people need to be concerned with. That's it.
0: Yes, yes. Outstanding actress. Appreciate everything she does. It's going to be something very interesting for us to see how this develops and how it also shapes going forward things in the MCU. Could it help out for Doctor Strange too? Could it help out for other stories in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe? Could it also, at the same time, and which I'm sure is going to help develop other stories within the Spider-Verse. We're talking about Morbius. We're talking about Venom. We're talking about possibly Craven the Hunter. We're talking about all these different scenarios that are out there. So we want to hear your thoughts. When it comes to a new title for Spider-Man, what are your thoughts out there on Spider-Man No Way Home? Please share your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we hit the half hour break, I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts real quickly on GameStop. The price is going up and up again, all because your guy, the guy that you were talking about, the Chewy CEO that moved over to the the GameStop board, he floats out there a picture on social media of a McDonald's ice cream cone. And then the stock took off from there. I mean, that's just crazy. It's a ice cream from McDonald's.
3: Gerald, this is wild here. You know, the only thing I've really come up with is apparently this man is just the walk-off home run hitter. He rolled into the first board meeting with two slides. It's a picture of a dog and a picture of an ice cream cone and said, let's go get some soft serve. (laughs) Let's keep an eye on this GameStop stock. I was telling you before we went live that I really missed the boat yesterday. I literally was sitting at work. I looked at the stock and it was just like, I think I need to buy some. I think this is about to rebound. I really do. And I really missed that moment and I should have capitalized on it. I'm sitting here wishing that I would have bought anything, but hey, we're here for it. We're going to make a little bit of money eventually and we'll go from there. You know, this GameStop stock pop, hey, it's going to happen a second time. I'm hoping we see 800 because if we see 800, we might see a nice short squeeze on what's going on. You know, I'm not one that wants to see the market just totally inverted and see everything collapse, but... I've always been a long fan of Team Chaos. So uh, let's see what we can do as retail investors and go from there, man.
0: Well, we'll see what happens because it's going to be very interesting. I should have asked Josh if he repurchased any stock in the GameStop because remember, he's already profited once. He might just be apt to do it again. I hope he is. Well, we'll find out on Monday's show. I'll give him a quick shout out on that as we're on the air on Monday. So that's definitely something that we can talk about plus all the things that we're going to be talking about on Monday. There's just so much, again, a ton of stuff. Stay tuned for us on Monday show because it's going to be another back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back of nothing but pop culture news right there on Monday for the Pop Culture Cosmos. But we want to hear your thoughts. Have you invested again in GameStop after the price surge once again over McDonald's ice cream cone? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's Mike Faber and also Kevin Eldridge. Mike Faber from the ESL Network and Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast. They're back for another year of talking about everything going on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Our first part of our conversation is going to be on today's show. That is going to be all about, if we had to pick five, who we think should be the next choices for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's coming up right after the break. This is... The
2: PCC Multiverse. Video Game Box Art. The Stories Behind the Covers. In which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art. The Stories Behind the Covers. Celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films.
0: All right, now we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. And it is that time, once every year, we go ahead and honor those that have been nominated for one of the greatest awards in music, and that is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We honor those that have been nominated. We speculate on who we think should go in. And, of course, the best part of our conversation is who got snubbed once again. And with us, it's always a once-again type deal. But the guys are back here. It is truly great to have them aboard. It is Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast and also Mike Faber from the ESO Network. Thank you, sir, for having
4: us. You got it right this year. All
0: right, okay. (laughs) You're you're on the
4: network for another year, at least.
0: Okay, sweet, (laughs) sweet. But I'll tell you what, wherever you want to go, as far as for your geek, nerd, and pop culture podcasts, there is no better place to go than the ESO Network, because not only is Kevin's show, the Flopcast, on there, not only is all the 15,386 ESO Network shows on there on there, all with the ESO name in front of it, because that's how you easily identify it. But you also happen to have, on occasion, twice a week, the Pop Culture Cosmos as well. So I truly appreciate, again, it's a great honor being part of the ESO Network. But gentlemen, we must now, I feel like we need to go ahead into a boardroom one of these days and do this. Because I feel like we should be the ones that decide, those that go into the rock and roll. We, we seem to have a clearer mind Less prejudice, less—I guess—a bias towards uh, who or do, who does or who does not go in. But all right, guys, here are the nominees for this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. Right now, for the nominees, here we go for everyone out there: Jay Z, Foo Fighters, Tina Turner, Iron Maiden, Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, The Go-Go's, Shaka Khan, Carol King, Philakouti. Ella Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, and Dionne Warwick. First off, you have to have at least been in the business 25 years from your first actual release of your first album in order to go ahead and be eligible. So, some of these are new individuals to the nominees list. Some of them are familiar names. But, guys, let's get into it. Mike, any names stand out for you?
4: For me, I would have to say the first ladies of 80s rock has to be the Go-Go's. I am thrilled to see them up there. You know, it's it's long time coming too. They've they've been deserving for many many years now. Cuz their first album which which was what Beauty and the Beat. That was what 81, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they've they were eligible literally since probably now so what 2006 so yeah it's surprising in 2021 they're just getting in for a nomination and you know i'm definitely thinking they're going to be a first ballot shoe in
0: well to give you an idea duran duran also i think debuted last month in 1981 if i'm not mistaken
4: correct and they haven't even been nominated yet
0: yeah so to give you everybody an idea those pop culture icons from the 80s you know they're just now being considered in many stages although we have seen in past in recent nominees for the hall of fame we've seen other 1980s stalwarts that are in there in fact Tina Turner who is dominating the the charts in the late 80s and 90s she's already in there with her and Ike Turner but she's being nominated as a solo artist which I think is even more deserving than what the original she was in tried for in the first oh, place
4: extre- extremely so because you know if they let in stevie nicks in a solo career they should be letting tina turner in yeah because you know tina turner had way more hits than yes. stevie nicks ever did i
0: agree and with more, you on of that.
4: An, more of an more of an impact too no, yeah, Tina's
1: one that's been long overdue. And I think that the thinking was, well, she's already in. Look, there's her name on the list. So what are you complaining about? And and I think that's why it's taken this long for, for this wrong to finally be righted. That yeah, Tina should be in solo. It doesn't matter that she's in as a duo already. And there's precedent for this because they they inducted Simon and Garfunkel and then they inducted Simon.
0: No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, it's
4: you're, Tina's turn. You're, you're never going to see Garfunkel going in
0: by himself. No, no, no. 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 no, no. But Kevin, I want to ask you this. Two things. This is the, as far as the list of nominees, this says the most females or female acts. And this also yeah. is the most racially diverse and culturally diverse uh, of the lists that are out there, which I think is remarkable, which I think is to be commended. And yep. I think it's awesome, but I want to hear your thoughts on some names that just stand out with you with this year's nominees before we get into all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, well, you said it exactly right and that this is a very impressively diverse uh, class of nominees. And that's that's to the Rock Hall's credit that they clearly made a conscious effort this year to make this not just a pile of white guys from the 60s and 70s. You know, it's not that there are are still many deserving white guys from the 60s and 70s that still should be in. As we may talk about coming up. Sure. But that said, you need a more diverse representation in the rock hall. And that's definitely what this list reflects. So I think they are to be commended for the list that they came up with. And yeah, a lot of these names, uh, I'm a huge Go-Go's fan as well. So I I was very happy to see them on. I'm a huge Devo fan. So I was happy that Devo is back for the second time nominated. I think going in that the speculation was that the two uh, first year eligible that were assumed were going to be on the ballot and they are, that's Jay-Z and Foo Fighters. This was the first year they were eligible and they got right on the list and they're probably going to get in and deservedly so.
0: We'll see about that if they get in. We'll see. We'll, like, see. well, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> and I, again, there are a lot of artists there that not only have spearheaded their own style, uh, and at which a lot of others individuals have followed. But there's also a lot of great artists, like you said, Jay Z's there for the first time, and how he helped revolutionize the the rap industry. Plus, also as well, you, like you talked about with the Foo Fighters, with Dave Grohl's second successful band, which could be for him a second installment and enshrinement into the hall of fame as well so a lot of things to think about there all right guys let's go into it right now i mean if you had five you wanted to induct in because i leave the best for last when it comes concerns the snubs and that seems to be the best part of our conversation always (laughs) but uh, i mean there's no one that's not deserving in this list i think it's an outstanding list i have no problems with it but mike i want to start with you first if you had to go with five and just just five? five in there, okay. Because the
4: rumor's be? going around that they're going to try to get eight in this year. Well,
0: I mean, if they do, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. But let's let's go with five just for because it, it creates a lot more room where you have to leave deserving parties off. I think that's probably better for conversation.
4: Okay, my five, real simple: Foo Fighters, Go Go's, Tina Turner, Jay Z, and Carol King. Because Carol King. You know, she's already in the hall, but as a songwriter, right. not as a performer. And Tapestry is one of the largest selling albums ever by a female art, solo artist. And, you know, it's a lot of the songs that are on there are mainstays in pop music. So, you know, Carol King is very, very well known. And I think it's deserving for her to be in there.
0: Well, it, that's a great list right there for you. I cannot complain with any one of those. Kevin, so if you had just five, though, you were looking for five because, you know, that leaves a lot of room to bump some people off. Who would that be?
1: <laughs> yeah, man, this is difficult. And, yeah, as, as you said, there, there are a handful of uh, perennial bridesmaids on these nomination lists. And this year, that would be LL Cool J and Shaka Khan. They have both been oh, nominated. Poor
4: Shaka Khan. Many, poor Shaka Khan.
1: Many times. And uh, I'm afraid I'm leaving them off my personal list (laughs) as well, just because there's just no room if if we can only pick five. I'm going with, uh, well, my my personal favorites, as I said, Devo and the Go-Go's. I'm also going to pick Iron Maiden. Because i think that's also long overdue that amazingly this was the first time they had ever even been nominated
0: and and metal Just is a very t-shirt deficient... sales alone i would say yeah. Iron Maiden. oh <laughs>
4: well, exactly that's right all but, those eddie shirts exactly but even kevin brought up on the flopcast iron maiden wasn't very popular here in the states it was more a european band but yeah. they made such an impact and like in high school and junior high seeing everyone wearing the iron maiden t-shirts and you know like who is oh, yeah. these people who are yeah, these
1: guys they weren't on top 40 radio oh no not at not, all
0: not counting them down they but, may not be your yeah, favorite yeah. band but they they were a band that you wanted to know exactly yeah, yeah. like, they're, like they're who they're are these the, people there there were kids
1: uh lurking around the schoolyard that had iron maiden tapes and iron maiden shirts <laughs> and uh that guy tells I think, watch out yes. he, he likes <laughs> heavy metal he <laughs>
4: exactly the two big ones you saw were iron maiden and rush it was just yeah. everywhere yep yep so i'm going
1: devo gogo's iron maiden tina turner and man i am torn at this point it's almost a toss-up i, I want to go carol king and Dion warwick uh, since mike picked carol i'll go with Dion warwick for my uh, number five pick
0: oh very interesting indeed me i know the foo fighters and jay-z are going to get in uh, first thing but i'm personally think that they need to wait one year because i think maybe there's always this deal where hey you know even no matter unless you're the ultimate in great acts i think you you should at least maybe be waiting one year at least so i'm gonna leave them off for now but you and i both know that i think if they go to eight mike like you said then i think they're a shoe in i think they're shoe in indeed i think vegas has them as two of the highest odds acts that are out there my five Some of these individuals, again, these are individuals that have been on the list for now for a little while. Getting to my five right now, Devo, long overdue on that one, revolutionized early techno rock and techno pop of the 80s groups that are out there. In fact, they're very early 80s, late 70s. I think that, uh, all apologies to the Go-Go's, I think the Go-Go's will get in as well in a very short nature, but I'm going to have to, of the 80s groups, I think I'm going to have to leave them out. L.O. Cool J. Uh, like I said, I'm leaving Jay-Z off, even though I know he's going in. I'm going to put L.O. Cool J in there because I think he helped popularize. And I'll give you an example. I went to a concert at the LA Sports Arena with him as a headliner over, I believe it was En Vogue, I think NWA, and I think two and uh-huh. I think two, uh, other acts. I didn't have hearing for two days. I'm just going to tell you that, <laughs> right? Because I was just, the speaker system was just so immense. But his reception as the headliner, he was just him on a couch at one point. It was just him on a couch on I Feel Love. And the tremendous amount of response and the screaming I heard was one of the top five responses and Pops I've ever heard in my entire life. I won't tell you what he did with the couch, but I'll let your imagination go from there, from I Feel Love. But LL Cool J, Iron Maiden, simply because of the fact, again, they have such a resonance in pop culture. Tina Turner, just because she was such a dominant force in the late 80s and 90s. And then uh, one coming out there, I like Pioneers. I always love Pioneers in the music industry and Filakuti. I've heard some of Mm. his music in the past, over the years. I researched it and looked more into it in our leading up to the show. And I think someone as a pioneer of the African music, along with jazz and and just the beats and that it has, I just think that the way he revolutionized his form of music, I think is deserving of that great honor. So those are the five I have. I mean, we can't go wrong with any of the acts that, you know, each and every year. I mean, there's no like, Mm -hmm. man, this guy, there's no way there's, there's no crash of the rock and roll hall of fames. I mean, you have pretty much earned it. If you threw Todd Rundgren in there, if you threw Shaka Khan, if you threw, you know, she's going to probably be nominated a couple more times before she gets in and, feel bad for her. Mary J. Blige, how can you go wrong with this list? But guys, before we head on out, I need you to go ahead and pitch why the Flopcast and the ESO Network are the places to go for everything geek. So I'm going to start with you, Kevin. Why should people check out your awesome flopcast. Because I'm gonna be flip flopping, as I say on the in the group there. <laughs> I'm gonna be flip flopping my way to the flopcast.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. My my podcast is called the flopcast, and it is part of the ESO network, just like all of our shows. All three of us here on this call, and uh, the flopcast is sort of I, I like to think the the comedy, the sillier corner of the ESO network. We tend to keep things uh, very light and goofy. And a lot of pop culture discussion, especially nostalgia, a lot of 70s and 80s pop culture nostalgia-based conversation around our show, and then we just drift into general weirdness from there. Uh, My my co-host Cornflake and I do a show every week. Actually, last week's show, which I think was episode 458, because we've been doing this a long time, and the subject last week was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you can hear a, a longer discussion that Cornflake and I had on the Flopcast on this very subject.
0: Absolutely. Look forward to it wherever you type in the word Flopcast. It should be right there for you on all major podcast outlets. And of course, a great part of the ESO Network, which Mike is going to explain to you right now, why you're not listening to it already. Or maybe you are. Maybe you are listening to it. So if you are, thank you so much. But Mike, before we head on out, why should people check out the ESO Network?
4: ESO Network is a great network of podcasts. Right now, we're at 27 shows. Anything from Star Wars to Marvel Comics to coffee-drinking chicken folks. And, of course, my show, which is the Earth Station One podcast. I also host the Earth Station Who podcast. And also the Dragon Con Report, which is now back. And we are coming to you for earth station one we are doing it weekly and all our shows do amazing work and you can actually find the eso network feed up on itunes stitcher spotify wherever fine podcasts are found just type in eso network and you get all our shows together on one feed which is pretty amazing and you know it's over 50 hours of listening pleasure at your fingertips And it's constantly renewed with new shows as they come out. So it's almost like a on-demand radio station where you can actually listen to all these different shows. And my show is up there. Kevin's show is up there. Gerald's show is up there. And it's pretty darn awesome that we get to be able to come to you and put out a new podcast each week. And like with this week, it's awesome that you're doing the rock and roll nominees right now because Earth Station 1, our new episode, which is episode 565? Yes, we've been doing it a long time too. Our episode is going to be the whole episode is the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class, talking about each band individually that's nominated and the pros and cons of joining the hall and why the, each one should be there.
0: Well, I saw bragging a long time ago when we had our last conversation where you talked about the number of shows that you did. So you win, you win <laughs> on that one. You win on the number of shows. But guys, it's been great having you on the show. Once again, talking to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, hoping our picks get in. And most of all, hoping that everyone has a good chance indeed to check out what's going on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not only on the Flopcast, not only on the ESO Network, but also right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only 5 minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. want to thank so much the guys from the ESO Network, Kevin Eldridge and Mike Faber, Both great guys. Thank you so much for appearing on today's program. They will be back for part two where we talk about who got snubbed for the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That will be on the Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we head on out, my friend, Marcus is back. And Marcus, did you get a chance to see Luca from Disney and Pixar? I think it's based off an Italian story the kids that look like kids on the outside, but then yep. have something a little bit more secretive in mind or actually secretive in body when they go and get, get splashed by water.
3: Mm-hmm. For me, Gerald, this is going to be one of those movies that's it's highly stylized. We're going back to that classic Disney character. It's like a callback to my youth. We're seeing that kind of animation style that gives you that wholesome feeling. You know, it's almost a callback to Hercules or Tarzan or something to me. But when you start incorporating the water into it with Pixar, you start getting that Lilo and Stitch.
0: Just to get everybody, if they haven't seen the trailer yet, it's these two young men, these two boys, I think on the Italian Village. Yep. And basically, this, the Italian Village is just very against sea monsters or octopus or anything like that. And it has very detailed descriptions of what they like to do to it eat it chop it up kill it anything of that nature but these boys are actually see i don't want to say see monsters but see creatures by nature so when they hit water or get splashed by water or get touched by water they turn back to their original form and they don't want to show that to the people in the village because they would obviously be next day's lunch if that was the case so yep. I want to hear your thoughts. Like you said, you talked about the stylized nature of it. I mean, for me, Pixar seems to have this blank check. And what they do with this blank check from Disney is create these stories and base it off of different cultures. I want to hear your thoughts on how they're able to go ahead and do that and do it so well. Because it just seems like with Soul, with so many of these other great stories that they've told over the course of time, they just really seem to tap into these awesome parts of our world.
3: Yeah, man, it's one of those things. That I think they've earned the right to do these things, right? They've always brought us superior products. And that alone tells me that they are worth the blank check that they get, right? To me, Pixar has never really shown something that was worth throwing in the trash can. So I, I'm very excited by the prospect of this film. Pixar's just continuing their streak of home runs here, man. I don't want to say it's going to revolutionize the film industry because we've already done a lot of things that they're, they're doing in this film, right? the characters, the animation style, even some of the shading and stuff we've seen in other Pixar movies. This is going to be one of those films, though, that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people. And we should see a lot of fun across the generations here. You know, whether it's the youthfulness, getting the kick out of the boys turning into octopi when they hit the water, or it's the older generation enjoying some of those older adult jokes. This is going to be a great film. And I'm really looking forward to it, Gerald.
0: They just know how to tap into culture and they, they do it man. so well. Yeah. And they do such a great job. I have a friend that works at Pixar and Mark, I uh, just tell you what you guys are going to be doing it again. Just great job and, and looking forward to seeing it.
3: I was going to say, look at what they did with Coco. That was a cultural that was win.
0: A great movie.
3: I still struggle to watch that movie just because the textures on the animation get me. I mean, I, I look at the textures on the animation for the hands and the face. It looks like I'm looking at my great grandmother. It's hard for me to watch that movie just because I, I end up crying halfway through the movie because I'm just lost in the animation and looking at the the textures and everything. So,
0: Well, speaking of culture, we're going to touch on something in as far as your background and culture at the very end of the show that I just popped in there. So if you get a chance out there, please check out on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. We have the link to the Luca trailer. If you want to go ahead and check it out, it is coming up here this year. Did see Pixar's Luca? We hope you get a chance to check it out because we really think it's going to tell a great story and another great job by Pixar. What are your thoughts out there on Luca? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we head on out, my friend, three quick things. Army of the Dead. Oh, Zack Snyder has not just got the Justice League up his sleeve. He's also got a Netflix movie coming up on the way here in a not too distant future. Army of the Dead, where it shows a ragtag crew of mercenaries trying to go ahead and steal some money from a casino in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. So I want to hear your thoughts on Army of the Dead.
3: Hey, man, this is going to be another Dave Batista killer. I really enjoy Zack Snyder as a director. This is going to be another great film to me personally. Dave Batista, I think was a, an outstanding success. We talked about it two weeks ago about how Kevin Feige said he took a risk on, on Dave Batista. He kind of just did the sign off and Dave, and I'm starting to see how everyone's realizing this was the best thing they could have done. Right. Yeah. You know, this is a, he's an outstanding actor. He's got a lot of depth to him, even if he does look like just a meathead. So at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to this zombie outbreak. It's a classic zack snyder film i'm guessing half of the the cast of 300 is going to be in there half of them will be dead already by the time we get to them i'm okay with that i'm looking forward to it it's going to be on netflix so another netflix original coming at us you know the quality of content is going to be great it looks like it's going to be a 4k paradise and that's all that matters to me
0: well I, I, speaking of video games that we often talk about on the show it's going to be so great to see, as we saw the hint that Josh and I will talk about on the Monday show as far as Henry Cavill and his possible future in a certain game series that we love, as far as possibly even a television series or movie out of it. I'd love to see Dave Bautista as something he has expressed to do, talk about playing Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War movie. I'd love to see him in that. I think he would be great in that. I think that's a role that's best suited for his talents. But yes, Army of the Dead would be an awesome movie coming up here in a couple months that I don't mind seeing at all.
3: I just want to point out that we've got two actors that are really, really engaged in video games, Dave Bautista and Henry Cavill. Yeah. And man, I'm really hoping that they drive the discussion here on what things should be looked at, you know, moving forward because Henry Cavill killed it with Witcher. I'm hoping he's going to kill it moving forward. And Dave Bautista, man, like it doesn't matter what he touches. I think he's outstanding and, and I think he has the potential to become a big name alongside. Well, not
0: everything he touched turns to gold. That movie he did with the kid. that's yeah, it's, He's a spy. The I laughed yeah. that, man. I laughed and at it. didn't do so well. Uh, you, you didn't know, like it? Of-
3: Yeah, uh, look, I
0: I admit it's not a great film. I laugh, though, and that's all all that matters to me. I laugh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, he he should be fine. And he's now one of the bigger names in Hollywood. Hopefully, following in the footsteps of a rock is becoming a superstar from the pro wrestling ring to box office superstardom. That may be in the future for Mr. Dave Bautista. What are your thoughts out there on Army of the Dead? Let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Before we head on out, Valheim. I mean, I wanted to go ahead and do a deep dive into this, but we're not going to be able to have time on this week's show. Maybe we can do it on next week's show, but four million sold already. One of the top games on Steam. This survival game looks really fun to play, and it's really in-depth, and a lot of people are getting into it. I want to hear your thoughts real quick on Valheim.
3: Yeah, man, I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I've watched a lot of gameplay and a lot of guides on Valheim so far. But I'm looking forward to spending some time this weekend playing. Maybe we can hop on online, let people know what we're doing, see if uh, anybody can join us, that kind of thing. Or you uh, might want to stream just, it. I might want to stream it, man. We've got a Twitch channel, and I yeah. think our Twitch channel is waiting for some streams. So, Always. with that being said, let's take a look at some Valheim this weekend. And if you're interested, maybe we could stream it together.
0: We'll see if we can do that for you, but. Valheim has been a big success. A game that was under the wire that came out to a lot of critical acclaim, but also a lot of interesting things for as far as survival aspect. But the way it approaches this genre is really something that is to be admired. And a lot of people are out there are really getting into Valheim. So keep your eye on Valheim if that becomes the next big video game hit, because there's already getting off to a great start at 4 million copies sold, and I think 500,000 concurrent users earlier this week on Steam. So those are big numbers for a game getting off to one heck of a good start. What are your thoughts out there on Valheim? I like to say that. Valheim. Valheim. (laughs) Are you really getting into Valheim? Or do you think you really want to go ahead and jump into the world of Valheim? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, we got through a good portion of the pop culture news today, my friend. And I also, again, want to big give a big shout-out and a big thank you to Mike Faber and also, as well, Kevin Eldridge of the ESL Network. They'll be back on the Monday show talking more about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. But before we head on out, my friend, Blue Beetle was the reason why I wanted to go ahead and talk to you because DC Films is their first Latino superhero movie. They just hired a director, Angel Manuel Soto, to go ahead and direct it. I just... Wanted to hear your thoughts before we head on out on Blue Beetle, if you wanted to go ahead and leave this in.
3: I actually don't know a ton about Blue Beetle. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article now. Original Blue Beetle, Dan Garrett first appeared in Fox Comics, Mystery Men Comics number one, August 1939. I'm looking forward to looking into this, doing a deep dive, you know, really learning some history here and then going after the actual content here. And I keep teasing that we're going to do all sorts of things on the stream here, but you know, when we get to this point where I feel like I'm comfortable, I would love to have an open conversation, open kind of forum, talk to the fans if they, if they're interested and maybe uh, have some people, give me some of the things that I'm not getting just based on reading Wikipedia and some of the content that I can get get my hands on.
0: Well, I think anything that leads to a a different aspect of our culture, I think it's a step in the right direction. And the creation of the this first Latino superhero movie for DC films, I think it's a it's step in the right direction because, you know, we, we've seen all the Batmans and the Supermans and the Wonder Womans and the traditional superheroes that they have at DC films. It's nice to see them at least reaching into these steps. They are always chasing Marvel because Marvel seems to have a better beat on all, a lot of the stuff. But as far as Latino culture, I think both of them, both Marvel and DC could do a lot more. And at least this is Absolutely. a small step in the right direction.
3: A thousand percent agree with you there, Gerald. You know, I, I love seeing Latino culture being pulled into pop culture, period. And I'm hoping that we have some great success here and DC maybe is going to use this as a turning point for them. So
0: let's hope that's the case, my friend. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be great to hear if Blue Beetle will become a success for DC Films. What are your thoughts on the first Latino oriented superhero film for dc films blue beetle that's now in production got a director and